Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools that you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous sales masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And in this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of our SaaS expert interview series. The following conversation is an extract from Matt Milligan's conversation with Paul Towers. Paul is a Salesforce Regional Vice President and, unsurprisingly, has a huge amount of interest to say on a range of SaaS topics. Here, he talks to Matt about changing cloud relationships and the challenges raised by the pandemic. So, with no further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Paul Towers. Paul, thanks so much for joining me today in the next version of the Sales Leader Interviews as part of our Remote Sales Culture Study. Great to have you here, Paul. I mean, for those watching this or, or reading this and hearing about you for the first time, I guess just to kick off, it'd be awesome if you could tell us a little bit about kind of your story um, at Salesforce and a few reflections, I guess, on, on 2020. Yeah, certainly. And thanks for having me, Matt. Hugely, um, hugely appreciate the time. Um, so yeah, as you said, my name's Paul Taos. I'm a uh, regional vice president here at Salesforce, and I currently run the Revenue Cloud and Pardot organizations here in the UK. Um, I've been at Salesforce just coming up to four years now. Um, I actually started on the 31st of January, which is the last day of our fiscal year. So a, a crazy introduction to Salesforce, but one that I've um, incredibly enjoyed over the last four years and been very, very fortunate um, to have been involved with. In terms of my kind of journey, I guess I came in like a lot of people do at Salesforce as, as an AE. Um, I kind of have a background of about six, seven years of technology sales prior to joining Salesforce. And I actually came in and was responsible for selling a CPQ and billing product now known as, as Revenue Cloud, which was um, brought into the portfolio off the back of an acquisition about 18 months before. Um, and I did that for a couple of years um, with, with, with some great success uh, before eventually moving into my first leadership role, which was to run that revenue cloud team um, as a first line manager. And then I moved into the role that I'm in today, which took on some additional product sets in Pardot um, and at the time Quip as well as a kind of multi-cloud organization supporting our customers with, with a mixture of different technologies to complement their existing CRM solution. So it's been quite a ride. It's gone incredibly quickly, um, but one that I've enjoyed thoroughly throughout that time. Absolutely. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you, you spoke about challenges, but the, the great feeling that you get when you, when you overcome those. I mean, looking back over the last 12 months, Paul, if you were to pick I guess one highlight professionally in 2020. What would that highlight be? I think watching Salesforce and the business kind of pivot to the new world that, that we find ourselves in today. Not just in terms of oh, we're now all remote working and, and we don't see each other in the office anymore, or anything like that. But actually being able to maintain our relationships with our customers, being able to um, find some level of continuity in supporting our customers and supporting the projects that we were working on, despite the fact that we're no longer in our office, in customers' offices, um, and really trying to help customers through that transition as well. There was, a, there was a very much a purposeful focus on our customers' well-being in light of the, the pandemic when it first hit and how we can support them through it. And you would have seen through a number of initiatives that Salesforce have run this year with work.com and Salesforce Cares, that that was the, the primary focus for, for us as an organization was to how we can help 
And then latterly, okay, now how can we get back to some level of normality? And watching this machine move in that way with all the different parts that, that make it up was kind of fascinating. Um, but I guess something that I take a huge amount of pride of being part of and being involved in, um, because that, you know, it's no mean feat, but something that I think the world adapted to and Salesforce played, played a huge part in our industry, in our little world, as to try to make that as, as seamless as we possibly could. I think that's probably my highlight. Nice. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, the, the, the Salesforce machine kind of seems to go from strength to strength. It's been an amazing journey to, to witness. Yeah. And, and what is that kind of cadence that you settled on, Paul, with the team in terms of touch points and communications? I think communication across all of these sales leaders interviews that we've done has been such a key topic. And it feels yeah. like really been a, a year for sales leaders to step up and uh, communication has been key to that. What's that, that cadence like? What have you found that balance to work for, for your team? So I think, I think initially my focus purely went on the, the well-being and, and the health of, of the team as opposed to the forecast, which was always our regular cadence anyway. It was very much deal structured outside of one-to-one -one or career development uh, conversations. Um, and that kind of became completely secondary to how is everyone adapting? Is everyone okay physically, mentally? And that was the focus for probably the best part of four, five, six weeks after we first went into kind of lockdown. And then everybody started, like I said before, to settle into the, the new routine. And we started to then define, okay, how often do we need to speak? How often do you want to speak? Because everyone was different. Some people wanted a 10 minute a day check in. Other people yeah. were happy with the once a week, hour long, and we'll cover everything from well-being through to forecasting in one call so I think what I, what I started to do after after those first few weeks was to just understand individually how I felt everybody was and what they were saying to me and then determining what they needed I've never been one for um, doing a mandatory everyone must attend every single morning we do a daily stand-up what are you doing for the day I think that's necessarily my management style so I try and maintain it as flexibly as I possibly can so that people get from me what they need rather than what I want to give them, if that, if that makes sense. So I was very heavily led by them as individuals. And I think now I don't have, to answer your original question, um, a clear and defined structure that goes across the whole mm. team other than maybe a weekly kind of weekly check-in at the start of the week. Everybody else now, it will be a case of a, a regular forecast call and then ping me when you need me, happy to put 10 minutes, half an hour in at any point in time and different people use that, use that option differently. But I think, on the whole, we, we kind of give, I hope I give everybody what, what they need at any one time. Nice. I, what I really like about that, Paul, is it, it sounds like you've, you've been really employee centric about how you've gone about it. And quite frankly, there's different styles of salespeople, right? Within your team, I'm sure Absolutely. it's not a one size fits all solution. Uh, so it sounds like uh, you've gone in with a good approach there. I mean, you mentioned the, the community word there. I mean, obviously, that's been a huge challenge this year for salespeople across the board. You know, we're, we're a tight-knit community. We thrive off a lot of events and human interactions. Yeah. You know, that's been taken away. I mean, just talk us through some of the, the kind of challenges that, that you've seen across your team. And have you had specific feedback from your team around some of these challenges? I think whilst the technology is obviously so important and so paramount in, in a customer's decision-making process around vendors that they engage with and that they work with. I think for me personally, both as a, as a, as a frontline salesperson and, and also as a leader, I've always put a huge onus on the relationships that I try and build with, with my customers and the trust that I try and build with my customers. 
Um, what's become much harder this year for I think a lot of people has been how we do that in, in a virtual environment. Is it as easy to build and maintain those relationships um, online as it was when you could go and have a meal with somebody or a coffee or, or, or a meeting with somebody face to face and look somebody in the eyes across a desk and, and have a conversation. And I think that's been the biggest one for us, especially at Salesforce, where we, we are very heavy on events. You know, you only have to look at Dreamforce going 100% virtual or World Tour that we do on an annual basis. They're obviously yeah. our, our key events, but outside of that, every single individual salesperson is driving their own customer engagements on a, on a very, very regular basis. And I think that's really, really hard um, to do in a much more formal basis, which when you're kind of having to schedule time in a diary to be on a particular hangout or a, a Zoom call or whatever it might be you're using, um, you all of a sudden find yourself going into corporate mode and going by an agenda rather than having any sort of fluidity in the conversation or an interaction with a customer that you would normally have. And being able to get your personality and, that, and build that level of trust, I think becomes yeah. much more difficult. So I'm always, I think this year more than ever, um, so appreciative and so impressed by any opportunities and any projects that we're able to, to sign this year because it's done so in the most challenging of circumstances. 100%, yeah. And I mean, to, to your point around how active Salesforce as an organization are in the event space, yeah, I can vouch yeah. for that. I remember being in Silicon Valley towards the, the beginning of my own startup career and hearing, you know, notorious, amazing stories about these crazy parties with <laughs> Salesforce throw with amazing guest lists. And, you know, that, that's all been taken away from us now. So I guess, you know, the relationship building side is a new turn. Yeah, completely, completely agree. So I think, like I said earlier as well, in terms of how Salesforce pivoted to accommodate for not having those events this year, which plays such a significant part in our, in our calendar and our events calendar. Um, has been amazing. I think, you know, Salesforce have done an incredible job, but it will never be the same as being in front of customers face-to-face, -face, whether it's at one of those marquee events or whether, like I said, it's a one-to-one -one over a coffee or, or a dinner or whatever it might be to actually get to know a customer and understand their challenges um, in the level of detail that, that we strive to, to, to hopefully provide solutions that, that make their lives easier. 100%, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about some of the key challenges there, Paul. I mean, you know, community being one of them, communication as a leader being being a, a second one. I mean, what other challenges have you really seen coming through your team this year? I mean, obviously you mentioned everything's been shifted later in terms of deal completion this year. Yeah. It really does feel like it's a race to the finish line yeah. uh, this month. What are some of the other challenges that you're, you've been seeing this year? I think giving the right level of direction we're not necessarily going through the regular cadence that most of the salespeople have, have kind of organically come to follow over the course of their careers. And that might be if you're lacking in pipeline or opportunities where you'll go and create pipeline, you'll go and engage with customers, you'll set up an event, you'll, you'll, you'll ultimately pick up the phone and see what you can generate. I think the first part of this year, especially um, with, with very good justification, a lot of customers didn't, didn't want to speak to us um, and we weren't the priority at that time. It was very much around them looking after their own staff and their own business, not necessarily engaging with, with vendors to talk about potential projects or things that we might have been talking about at the very beginning of the year or, or even last year. So I think for salespeople perhaps newer in their career, they probably found themselves leaning on myself and other leaders in the business for that bit more direction around what should they be doing in these circumstances. If customers aren't ready to engage with us to have conversations mm. around their projects for the year, what do they spend their time doing that ensures that they're being productive, 
but also not just losing ground when the situation starts to improve. And we've seen the improvement throughout the year, which is why we've now got this big race to the finish because you know our customers have, have, have adapted, we've adapted, and we're picking up those conversations again. But there was definitely that period for the first half of the year where teams were looking for direction. What do we do now rather than sit back and wait for the economy to recover or for our customers to come back online? And um, what can we do to be productive in this interim? And I think giving that direction even from my perspective, I'd, I'd not been through it before. So it was really an opportunity to think quite creatively and put ourselves in our customer's shoes as to mm. understand where can we offer value without an a expectation that it's necessarily going to lead to something revenue generating. I think that's a fantastic point. I, I reflect back to kind of March, April, May time and, you know, just a, a number of business owners network just figuring out how to stay alive. Um, yeah. So anything that came across as a sales conversation was literally, you know, get the hell out of here. <laughs> completely, completely. And yet it was a team of salespeople having that conversation. You know what I mean? So, you know, we're wired to qualify and to, to challenge and, and kind of find solutions. And actually at that point in time, it very genuinely was, how are things going? Can we help you in any way? Um, as opposed to, like I said before, an expectation that it was going somewhere else. Hundred percent. I mean, it, I get the sense through through a number of these conversations that, that that we've had in recent weeks with with yourself and other leaders, Paul, that it feels like twenty twenty has actually been a a kind of defining moment for salespeople, and you know we've really had to level up. Um, you know, heading into twenty twenty one, are you are you feeling optimistic about the experiences that you and your team have gone through, and how you're thinking about tackling the next year? Yeah, without a doubt. I actually, I feel incredibly optimistic, not, not just because, and I'm by no means an expert, but not just because I think that we will begin a slow recovery of getting back to the world that we, want, that we once knew with, with kind of the advances that we're seeing around vaccines and, and the, the, you know, the, the various initiatives that are being run to help that happen. I think if you can be successful, if you can survive this year as a salesperson, um, you will come out of it more rounded, more experienced, um, and probably with a greater appreciation for the fact that we're very, very fortunate to work within the industry that we work in, for work for the, for the company that we work for. Um, and once the world is ready, we will get back to normality. And actually what we will have is a backlog of projects and of opportunities that actually would have come to fruition this year that have been naturally pushed back to next year and even, even the year after that. But we are now in a, in a perfect position to, to hopefully start re-engaging and, and having those conversations. And, and for a lot of people, whether they've made time to sit back and go, I'm going to use this time to, to develop professionally and personally, they would have done organically anyway, just because the challenges that have been presented this year have, have enforced that. So without really realizing it, I think I've definitely got a team of people that are coming out of this year, regardless of how they performed or what their, what their end year um, attainment might be. Um, actually better salespeople than they were at the start of the year. And we'll see the benefits of that in, into the long term. I love that. Well, it's uh, a really optimistic message to, to end <laughs> on. I think uh, a lot to look forward to in 2021 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul, I guess the, the, the question that I've asked a, a lot of sales leaders, and you're, you're totally biased in this one, is, um, you know, Salesforce or Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a great question. And I... It's not being totally biased. I love, 
I love the concept of Star Wars, but embarrassing, never seen a Star Wars film. So for me, it has, it has to be Salesforce. <laughs> I would have been very surprised if you, uh, if you went for Star Wars. I've really enjoyed our, our conversation today, Paul. I mean, for, for, for those who, who want to check out more around yourself and, and the work that you do within Salesforce, like where can they find out more about yourself um, or the specific product lines that you oversee? Yeah, absolutely. So the Revenue Cloud and Pilot Organization that, that I look after this year, please check out the Salesforce website if you'd like to learn more. Um, but feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, more than happy to answer any questions, but really appreciate the time with, with you today, Matt, and enjoyed the conversation a lot. So thanks so much. So thank you for listening to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. At UHubs, we help businesses develop and upskill their teams. To see how you stack up against the industry's best, or to get marketing and sales tips from SaaS experts, check out uhubs.co.uk.